No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, narrated by the author, James R. Von Felt. Chapter 22, Day 18, Continued. We couldn't hear or see Brave or Longhair as we walked down the road, and we were walking our quiet walk. We were good at it. We walked like that for about three-quarters of a mile till we got to a place where the trees came right up to the road, and the road curved out of sight to the right. Something seemed out of place up ahead, and we had to look hard. Wet snow was covering it, so it was hard to spot, but eventually we realized there was a car up ahead. We crouched down and talked. What were we supposed to do? Long here and Brave hadn't said anything about a car. We certainly weren't hunting deer on this road. At least we didn't think we were. We moved closer to the car, and we could see that nothing was moving inside. According to the layer of snow on it, the car had been sitting there for quite a while. We crept close to the car and peeked in the windows. I was on the driver's side of the car. Looney was on the passenger side. I looked at the dashboard and noticed the keys were gone. Seemed like it was just an abandoned car. We were about three steps away from the car when a voice said, Car too! Are you there? It was a thin voice followed by a blast of squawky static. It wasn't loud, but we heard it. We turned and looked at each other, then looked at the car. What was that? Looney asked. I shrugged my shoulders as we headed back to the car. Car too! Respond! The voice said again, followed by a squawk. We stopped and looked curiously at the car. Then we ran to the car, and at the same time, we opened the front doors. We peered in the front seat, then the back seat. It was empty. Then the voice broke the silence. Car 2, are you out there? A voice was coming from a land mobile radio under the dashboard. A little red light turned on when the voice spoke. A handheld microphone hung by a wire to the dashboard, and under it sat a transmitter box. Looney dropped his rifle in the snow, jumped into the car, picked up the microphone and pushed the button on it and said, Car 2 here! When he let go of the button, we heard a squawk. Looney had a big grin on his face as he looked at me. He'd really done something this time. Silence. Nothing happened for maybe a minute or two. Seemed like a long time as we sat there with the mic in Looney's hand. Then a voice came back. Who are you? Where are you? We looked at each other. Then we looked around to see if we could see Longhair or Brave. They were nowhere to be seen. Surely they were close by listening to all this. I didn't know what to do, so I shrugged. Looney grinned and took the lead. I'm Looney. Who are you? This time he didn't let go of the button so there was no squawky static. I told him to let go of the button, so he did. Squawk! We were getting the hang of this. This is the sheriff's office in Kelso. Is there anyone in the car but you? Looney was really getting with this. No, sir. Just me and J.J. The rest is back at the trading post. What trading post? The voice shot back. 
Looney didn't let any time pass on this one. The trading post on the lake, Lake Merwin, we... He stopped suddenly as a loud groan arose from the back of the car. We both screamed and jumped out of the car and ran like a ghost was after us. We ran about 50 feet down the road, then stopped and looked behind us. Nobody was chasing us. Looney's eyes were big. Mine were bigger. We just stood there for a while looking at each other. We didn't know what to do. Finally, we slowly went back to the car, cautiously, very cautiously. This time, we thoroughly checked the back seat. It was definitely empty. Something was wrong here. We were scared, and we stood there as tense as a loaded mousetrap, listening. Then we heard a thump, 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 and a muffled voice calling, We didn't hesitate. We were out of there, running down the road as fast as we could go. This time, we didn't stop for about 300 feet. After making sure we're not being chased, we slowed down to a walk. Once our heartbeat slowed back to normal, Looney pointed out that we'd left the rifles in the snow back at the car. We knew we had to go back and get them. We stopped and looked around. After a while, we crept back and found the rifles. We picked them up and approached the car with rifles ready. We didn't know what to say. We were speechless. The car doors were still open where we'd left them. We listened. Nothing. We jumped when we heard thump, thump, thump. This was followed by a voice. Get me out! Help! Then more thump, thump, thump. Then silence. The voice and thumping were coming from the trunk of the car. We looked all around for long hair or brave, but couldn't see him. We looked at each other. What should we do, Looney said. There's someone in the trunk of the sheriff's car. The voice from the radio started up again. Say something. Talk to me. At the same time, there was another cry from the trunk. Help! Is somebody out there? The talking at the same time was hard to make out what the words were, but it sounded like someone was in big trouble. We gotta help, I said. Looney just looked at me like I was nuts or something. Come on, I said, as I turned back towards the front seat of the car. Long hair and brave will help us. They must have heard all this noise, too. I didn't really believe Longhair and Brave were coming, but I didn't know what else to say. In fact, I figured that if they were going to help, they'd have been here by now. I'll open the trunk, I said, as we got close to the back of the car. You cover me. Got it? Yeah, Looney replied as he cocked the rifle. You stay on the side of the road, I said, pointing to the other side of the car. I waited till Looney got into position. Then I put my rifle on the ground. I turned the trunk latch. It took both hands to turn it. The thumping and yelling stopped as the latch turned. I pulled as hard as I could, and the trunk slowly lifted. The voice on the radio scared us, saying, Can you hear me? Squawk. As the trunk lid inched up, Looney stiffened into a firing stance. This is dangerous. I'm in the line of fire, I thought. When the trunk was open about 12 inches, a boot pushed into sight. Then a hand clumsily grabbed at the lip of the trunk. I was straining to lift the lid, but it was caught on something. I could feel something move in the trunk, and then the hand dropped out of sight with a thud. I asked, Are you okay? There was no reply. The radio was making noise and squawking again, but I wasn't paying attention to it. I didn't know what to do. I started to panic. Looney ran over to me, rifle in hand. He said, someone's in there and he's hurt. We gotta help him. 
He laid his rifle down in the snow. Together we raised the trunk. Our eyes almost popped out of our heads when we saw two men cramped there in the trunk. One of the bodies was lying partly on top of the other. The one on top had tried to crawl out. He groaned and moved his head as though he was in a daze. His head was bloody, and he had a big lump on his bald head. The radio was screaming at us, Come in! Come in! Come in! I nodded at Ludy. I could hold up the trunk now. He ran to the front seat of the car and grabbed the microphone. Another message was coming in, but he didn't wait. There's two people in the trunk of the car. They're hurt, he said. What do we do? Who's in the trunk, the radio asked. I don't know, Looney replied. Two guys, that's all we know. Before Looney released the transmission button, the man in the trunk yelled, Help me! Help me! I wanted to run. I almost dropped the trunk lid, but my hands and feet wouldn't move. Did you hear that? Looney asked the radio. Yes, came the reply. Where are you? I'm at the car, by the lake, close to the trading post, he said. How close, the voice asked. I hollered, about a mile, not sure. Looney asked, further than that. Who's that? The radio wanted to know. That's J.J. We're here at the car. But Philip and the others are with the sheriff, Brush, back at the trading post. Looney shot back. Silence followed Looney's reply. There were no more radio messages. Even the groans quit. It seemed like the men in the trunk were listening for a reply, too. After a while, the radio asked, Can either of the men in the trunk talk on the radio? Looney replied, They're calling for help, but they can't crawl out of the trunk. They're hurt. The radio asked, Can you describe them? Looney looked at me. I put the trunk lid down and walked over to where Looney was sitting on the front seat and took the mic. I can see one guy. The other is under him, so I can't tell what he looks like. The guy on top is bald and has a big bump on his head and blood on his face. Okay, here's what you gotta do. The voice stopped talking, but I could hear a conversation going on in the background. Then a different voice got on the radio and talked to us. This is real important. We need you guys to help the people out of the trunk so they can talk to us. Do you think you can do that? Looney shrugged, and I replied, We'll try, but they're awful big, and we can't help much. I added, Roger and out, to that message. That's something I saw in the movies. I put the mic back in the holder, and me and Looney went back to the trunk and just looked at it. The trunk lid was not latched. All we had to do was lift the lid and pull the guys out, but how are we going to do that? The trunk lid wouldn't stay up, so we had to hold it up. The guys in the trunk were crammed in there, and the limp of the truck was about a foot high. We'd have to pull them over the lip. Together, we lifted the trunk lid. The lid went up slowly. I held it as Looney grabbed a leg and pulled. A second leg shot out and hit Looney's arm and knocked him backwards in the snow. Hey! Looney yelled. We're trying to get you out of the trunk. A groan replied. Looney was more cautious as he struggled to pull the foot out of the trunk a second time. I was getting tired and my arms were aching. I can't hold up this lid much longer, I said. Here, Looney said, wedging a rifle into the trunk. The barrel pointed up and held the lid in place. When we saw that the lid was going to stay up, we both grabbed one of the feet and pulled. 
This time the guy didn't resist or kick. Each time we pulled, the leg came out a bit more. Again we pulled, and this time the leg came out over the lip to the knee. We grabbed the other leg and pulled it till it was over the lip too. Then we grabbed the man's belt and pulled as hard as we could. He almost came out. We pulled one last time and he came sliding over the lip, falling on top of us. He groaned as we all hit the snow. Looney wiggled out from under him, then pulled me until I was free. The guy was blinking his eyes, but not moving. We dragged this guy around to the passenger side of the car, so he was out of the way. Then we went after the other one. This guy was curled up in the trunk. His hands were tied behind his back. His legs were tucked behind two gray boxes. He was smaller, so we grabbed each leg and pulled them over the boxes and out of the trunk up to his knees. Then we turned him over onto his stomach. When we both grabbed his belt and pulled, he slipped out of the trunk and plopped in the snow. Looney fished his knife out of his pocket and went to work cutting the ropes. This guy wasn't making any noise at all, but he was breathing. The radio squawked again. What's happening? What's happening? demanded the voice. I went to the radio, picked up the mic, pushed down the button and said, We got both of them out of the trunk. They're lying in the snow and Looney's cutting the ropes. Ropes? Yeah, the second one, the guy in the brown coat, his hands are tied behind him. He's knocked out, but he's breathing. What about the other one? Can he talk on the radio? The voice asked. I turned to look where we left the first guy. He was trying to get up but he was wobbly and kept falling in the snow. Maybe, I said. I put the mic back and headed towards the guy. Looney had finished cutting the ropes and met me as I got to the big guy. The radio was blaring at us, but we were ignoring it and concentrating on getting this guy in the car. We told him over and over what we were trying to do, and he seemed to be trying to help us as best he could. With one of us on both sides, we helped the big guy stagger to the car door. With me lifting on one side and Looney pushing on the other, we got him sitting on the front seat. When he sat back, I saw a yellow writing on the chest of his green coat. It said, Sheriff. What's going on, I wondered. After he sat there for a bit, he looked at us, squinted, shook his head a few times and said, Thanks, boys. Looney ran around the car. As he went, he got the rifle out of the trunk and banged the lid closed. Then he opened the back door of the car and put the rifle on the floor. When he got in the driver's seat, he pressed the button mid-message and yelled, We've got one of them here to talk to you. He held the mic to the big guy's face and pressed the button. Talk now, he said. Sheriff Brew here were his first words. Story continued on chapter 23.